This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. I think there's alignment around the ultimate goal, um, which is, like I said, playing baseball in October and winning World Series championships. How, how you get there, there's obviously going to be disagreement um, and uh, the best organizations challenge, push, question. So um, that goes on all the time here. Uh, but I believe there's alignment around what our ultimate goal is, what our North Star is. Our North Star is winning championships and is playing baseball in October. That is Sam Kennedy, president of the Boston Red Sox. I like to often think of him as chief excuse maker. He is not the president of baseball operations. That title was previously occupied by Heim Bloom. More like Heim gone, Heim done, Heim out of here at this point. Just five games over 500 during his four-year tenure as the president of baseball operations proving that trying to do things or at least selling your fan base on the idea of doing things the Tampa Bay Ray way in Boston just don't cut it. The dismissal of Heim Bloom, breaking Boston, breaking baseball, breaking the national sports scene, but we're here with you Friday, September 15th, 2023. Fitzy Hart and, of course, producer Cooper Leonard, who's on the mic with us because he knows everything from the wide world of baseball, which is not very boring today. Indeed. Uh, which among who among us would like to say that this came as a surprise gentlemen, Andy? No, 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 no. Some, some have been waiting for this for a while now. And, you know, I put on Twitter, I never cheer anyone losing a job um, unless they're really, really terrible human beings. Um, and Heimblum is not a terrible human being. He no. just, I, I say it a million times. There's this thing called the Peter principle. You ascend upon up to a position upon which you fail. And that's what he did. He's the ultimate example. He couldn't make tough decisions, and I feel bad for him. He shouldn't have been in the job he was in. I don't believe that the plan was as flawed as some would make it out to believe. I believe the execution was the problem. He did not maximize his opportunities, maximize his assets over the course of four years. And I think he's a little bit like me when I need to buy something. He couldn't make a tough decision. I overanalyze anything when I need to make a significant purchase. I think he overanalyzed everything in the entirety of his career, and that sort of froze him in the job that he was trying to do. And then when you're basically a last-place team for three or four years, you got to go. 
That's right. Four seasons, one AL championship appearance, three last place finishes. And when you get, whether the plans were in place and this was fait accompli this week or not, getting swept up by the Yankees, just a lackluster performance, key injuries, seeing the ballpark. uh, You know, Andy, we talked a lot on the Six Rings podcast last year, how it was probably, wasn't just the loss to the Bengals, but the fact that there were only 45,000 people in the stands on Christmas Eve, lousy weather, freezing cold, that probably began the Robert Kraft turnaround of I'm taking control of this team. I'll send out the email. You'll hire Bill O'Brien. And I I bet this week particularly was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as John Henry and Fenway Sports Group goes. Um, But when we hear Coop this week, the news that Bradfoe broke on the afternoon show on WEI this week, that Heim Bloom, who who comes in and I still believe was told like, here, try to do the job everyone else did, but do it for 70% of the payroll because we don't want to pay the luxury tax and uh, do some more thrift shopping. Don't go to all those high-end fancy stores. where The diamonds in the rough. Yeah, he want go like, find the go do dumpster diving. Go find some diamonds in the rough, uh, and that's tough. You open with having to trade Mookie bets. You finish with uh, inactivity at a trade deadline where your ball players are basically begging you to make an acquisition or two to support them because they don't have enough to get back to the playoffs. And spoiler alert, they didn't. Uh, this guy was just in a lot of ways. I feel like he was doomed from the start. But when you hear the news Bradford shared this week on the afternoon show of Heim Bloom passing up on the opportunity to move Chris Sale last year. I mean, talk about just basically writing your own death certificate. How did that come about again? So what actually happened was that a an executive at another team, um, which he hasn't said the team yet, but I, it's fair to say if you look at how the market goes, it's kind of obvious which teams needed pitching at that time and which teams might be biting. Um, and the offer was this team wanted like a long-term pitcher that could be good, not such like long-term, but long-term short-term where there was three years on that con two and a half at that point at the last year's Mm -hmm. deadline. Uh, Chris Dale still has two years left with the Red Sox, 41 million. Just want to remind folks listening. So that would have cleared about 41 million for the Red Sox would have taken a few prospects with him because that's just what that's what it takes. I mean, when you look at what happened with Mookie Betts, uh, they tacked on David Price with that just to make it a fair deal and be able to get prospects that they wanted in return, Alex Verdugo, Connor Wong, and Jeter Downs, who is no longer with the organization. Mm-hmm. So Still a very meh deal in the long run. Yeah, very meh, uh, especially on today when we look back at everything. Uh, so exactly what he was doing was he was afraid to – give up prospects and that's kind of what my issue with Heim Bloom has become and I I am somewhat of a blue Illuminati. I came in really thinking that he could do something with this organization where it's similar to what the Dodgers are doing and it's like it takes a little bit of generating that wave but the idea is that you have wave after wave of these young core guys where you're then able to bring in bigger pieces like a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman like the Dodgers did but you mm-hmm. now have this cyclical thing where you're constantly bringing up young talent. That takes a while to get going. And with the Dodgers, it didn't take too long. It was also in a time where, I mean, they did, they, they sucked for like five years in like the 2010, like the 2008 to 2011. They weren't good. The Giants right. were dominating that division. 
So what ends but up after, but yeah, but after the Buster Posey three World Series run yeah, with the Dodgers, they then and, have that window with the AL East. You're not going to have that window, and that's the issue, right? And staying and in this Lincecum's market, no longer the power pitcher that he was. Blah blah blah. The Dodgers got better, and then you've got the Kershaws rising up, and you've got uh, Bellinger's coming to the forefront, and then the Dodgers basically became a little bit of a wagon themselves. Yeah, and then yeah, you pepper in every now and that, again. That's the idea he was going with. And a Mookie Betts and or you sign a Freddie Freeman away. But the problem is with the Red Sox, they signed the wrong they let the wrong guys go and they signed the wrong guys. Trevor Story has not been as advertised. That's been the 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 headline is semi bust at this point. Like he's done nothing. I don't know. I don't care what his war is. I don't care what anyone tells me he might be next year. He fought Heimblum falls into Marcelo Mayer. He basically turns into a ba- a worse version of Andrew Friedman multiplied by Danny Ainge holding on to the prospects and or holding on to those first round draft picks and not making the move to take the team over the top. And Andy, when you're competing with uh, a raised team that he comes from that actually has the people in place that are doing the job that you were sold he would do and a Baltimore team that basically had 500 first round draft picks that ultimately a couple of which hit and now they've turned into a powerhouse and the Yankees who spent and Toronto who has every kid under the sun that you, that's a son of a former baseball player on the team. Like you're porked. Like the Red Sox could have, could, could finish, you know, eight games over 500 and still be a last place baseball club. It just doesn't cut it in Boston or the AL East at this point. And an extremely important thing with that is the three teams you named Toronto Rays Orioles. Those are mm-hmm. organizations that aren't typically selling out. They're okay. Having like the bad press of no one's coming to the ball yard right now. With the Red Sox, right. they have like created this Yankee type identity where they are always going to be competitive. And that is, they're at a point where they are spending way more than they are able to give up. So, with that Yankee series that just went by and they split it and are still hovering in last place, that first game Monday where it got rained out and pushed to Tuesday, where tickets were going for $1, the issue wasn't that it was $1, it was that they announced 30,000 tickets had been sold. And only 5,000 actually wanted to show up because that's the writing on the wall. Like everyone talks the season where it's like no one's showing up, no one's showing up. People still showed up during the season because it's a tourist attraction. But when you have your biggest marquee series looking like that, it is the writing on the wall that people likely won't even buy opening day. And I think that's what scares ownership. And that's coupled with the fact that you're heading into an off season. Not many free agents are going to be out there. And you have an executive that hasn't proved that he can pull the trigger on stuff. So I think that ultimately led to that decision. But the reality is changing presidents of baseball operations is not going to change that. Because no, no, one, no one goes to Fenway Park to see some douche in a suit. No disrespect to the douche exactly. in a suit. Like, well, back it, in the day, you used to put on a nice suit to go to the old ballpark and catch the, like, the local it's nine. talent. Me and the lady. We need to, we need to acquire talent. No one's going to get right. excited about I mean, other than, I guess, people started to throw around Theo Epstein, and that was immediately shot down by Sam Kennedy. Other than that, I, I don't know that there's a, or maybe like some history, you know, Bill Belichick decides to jump ship from the Patriots to the Red. Like no executive is going to put asses in the seats at Fenway Park. Talent is going to put asses in the seat. Hope for entertainment. And the reality is for Bloom, like I had pushback. I don't understand. Like people try to paint this as like, oh, he never got time to put his p- plan in place. Plenty of time. It, this was the year to get about competitive. Four effing years in and there's no light at the end of the goddamn I, I just want to see. As a matter of fact, there's no, fact, and, there's no yeah, exemplification of right. what his plan is. Well, there's I, one name. 
Marcelo Mayer. There's no, one effing name who, by Kyle the way, if Teal, you read people, Roman Anthony. There is there is a good farm system. Like and Raphael, I yeah, get it. Good, okay, yeah. How good is the farm system? Is it better than Tampa? But that's the thing. Like I, no, no, no. Agree with is you it on better that. than Tampa? No, I. You've no supposedly yes. sucked for four years to build your farm system, and yet the team that competes is still better than you with a farm system. But that's so, the thing. And, and, and hold on, guys, real quick. I, I also want to note I also want to note that there is a narrative in town, and Brad Foe actually corrected me on this as well. There's a narrative in town that Dave Dombrowski basically raided and stripped the farm system to sell out and get the Red Sox a World Series championship. He didn't. Now, when he left, the farm system had not been in good shape for a while anyways. Yeah, he may have sold off a couple of parts, and it was in the lower third of the rankings of Baseball America or HoorayBaseball.wiz or whatever website ranks all this nonsense. But at the same time, he delivered. They got a World Series championship, and there were right. still players that came from Dombrowski's farm who are contributing on the major league level now. Heim Bloom one day may be a sympathetic figure along the lines of like Dan Duquette, who was uh, who doesn't get enough credit for helping build the 2003-2004 Red Sox and beyond because he couldn't get over the hump, and it was Theo who came in, cashed his check, and brought in David Ortiz and Kurt, Sch uh, Kurt Schilling and finished the job. I I get it, but but there's not a signature. I can't think what the signature move. I think people are going to think Andy the signature move of Heim Bloom was not getting enough for Mookie Betts and basically being afraid to move prospects and sell parts because he wanted to see this grander plan. This is Boston. These are the Red Sox. You don't get five years to futz around and rebuild. You Nobody need to be cares competitive about who now. You draft. They care about who you sign. Like you never hear about GM, like the GM that signed, like or this GM that uh, drafted, like Mike Trout. Nobody knows who that is. They know who the GM is that would be the one to trade for him or sign for him. Well, because they're the guys that are going to be, be putting the big money out there. There's going to be um, the potential for post Bloom to look better than current Bloom. If Mayer is great, if yes. he is a franchise shortstop, then you'll have that. But that happens with every team in every sport. Bill Belichick mm -hmm. won Super Bowls with talent that was there when he arrived. A lot of it. A that's a great. That's a great. It was a great point. That's how it works. But the reality is, you need to show something. You need to field something. And you talk about. I agree with you, Fitzy. I think the lasting memory of Bloom is going to be porked up the the Mookie um, Betts trade and never really got value, never really was able to go all in at the trade deadline, screwed up trade deadlines, and the team fell suit. But is that fair? Is that not fair? That's the job. Like, we're not here to decide fair or not fair. Oh, I feel bad for the guy and all that. That's the job. You need to balance. And I would say maybe the, the move, he's like his best move, and Coop, correct me if I'm wrong, is Garrett Whitlock. <laughs> which is like a nothing stolen from the Yankees. Like it's a this rule five snag from the yeah. Yankees. You can't live off that. You just can't live off of that. You're right. Coop. You have to have sort of a, it's like Mac Jones is looking for a signature win, a marquee win, like a do something, mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. the world kind of win. I'm bloom. Never had a do something, show the world. Like, yeah, like Trevor story was supposed like to be me now, one. bitches. Trevor Story was supposed to be that guy, and he just didn't pan out. Yeah, everybody knew. Like, you had a brain. You knew Trevor Story was a mediocre player. Like, he's fine. He's fine. But as soon as John Henry's like, well, you don't consider Trevor Story to be a big contract? We did that deal. Like, no, no, I don't. I actually don't. He's a mediocre player. And the whole idea that he was some savior, and then you marry it up with, he pushed Xander out the door. Now he mm -hmm. loses points. He's not even as good as his talent is because – he pushed out a player you loved and everybody thought was a great player for your organization. So, yeah. 
Which you want to talk about inactivity, like we were talking about with the Chris Sale thing that just came out. That's coupled with the fact that he didn't move J.D. Martinez, who walked at the uh, at the end of the season. Yeah. Xander Bogarts, who walked at the end of the season. James Paxton this season, who is likely all done, and you're not going to get any juice out of him. There's just so many examples of him not wanting to yeah. move on from guys because he's just so indecisive in, his, in himself, I think. Which mm-hmm. is... I don't know. I like if we want to get we want to get inside his brain and play uh play therapy make real quick. Yeah. Make, and also and sad. also I'd like to point out there's a, a narrative of like, yeah, but uh Bloom's vision for the team is you know, he got Tristan Cassis up there this year and all the uh uh Tristan Cassis was drafted in 2018, I'd like to point out, under Dave yeah. Dombrowski as well. That's not a Bloom pick. Uh and we talk all the time on six rings and football things about the blind spots of Bill Belichick. Uh, Heim Bloom has had blind spots at multiple positions. They barely stumbled into Connor Wong helping them out this year. And I don't even want to get into the Reese McGuire off-field nonsense. Second base has been a hole for years. First base is only now finally rounding into position. Uh, it just uh, And they signed in their franchise player, the, the guy they signed at third base to be the tent pole of the offense for the next 10 years in their marketable. See, we kept one of our stars, stars guy. Uh, he's a he's a hell of a hitter. He's not great defensively. He seems a little reluctant to be the star of the team. Uh, and they only signed him because the freaking ownership got booed at a fan fest in Springfield last winter. So all the optics on this are geeked up. It's been a mess from the from the get go. Who's going to step in now? We have no idea. As we hear names, news, rumors, and more, we'll bring him here on Breaking Boston. Make sure you stay tuned to WEEI and WEEI.com. Follow at Bradfoe and Baseball Isn't Boring. For the latest, it certainly is not boring these days, folks. Uh, Bloom is gone. The Red Sox in turnaround. What's next? I can't wait to find out. That's Coop. He's Hart. I'm Fitzy. This is Breaking Boston. Have a great weekend. And as usual, let's go Pats. Yeah.